Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and this is another basic class in the King's International Spiritual Care University. We have been covering some basic topics, issues that I, Pastor Deborah, had to go through, had to learn for the first time. And I had to renew my spirit and my soul to new ideas and concepts. This class is going to help you, and it is called Basic, Ancient Purpose. A lot of us are told that, what, we were born for something? We were created to do something? Some people tell us we are part of the master race and we're to rule the world. Some of us are told we're just slaves and we're to work for the master race. Some of us just go about life. We get a job. We're not quite sure what to do. We might have an inkling inside of us we want to help people, as I did. And back when I was growing up in the 50s and 60s, for females, and for most of society, there wasn't a lot of role models. We had World War II that was looking, looking backwards. Men went to war and died. The women stayed at home. They did work in the factories. They took over a lot of the jobs that the men had done, and they took care of the children. We also saw a wonderful... Uh, role model or example of this when the Titanic sank. The women and children were to get in the boats and they were to live. And the purpose of the man was to die and go down with the ship. So we were gathering as society and people some basic sort of purposes, plans for the different parts of our society males versus females. The females were basically, they were to produce the children. As we all know, they were born with a womb and they were born with breasts that did the nurturing. And the men were to go out into the world and slay dragons and work and sweat and toil and bring back the goodies from that work to the female. And she had her role in the house. A lot of the roles and purposes were evenly divided up in the home based a lot of times on somebody's physical abilities. Men were much stronger, taller, had more muscle. And they somehow had this ability to go kill animals or kill people and it not really bother them. They could be away from their family for a long, long time and get a job done. The female was much different. She was more emotional, nurturing, comforting, and the thought of killing anything really was foreign to her because she was a system that brought forth life. And in her, call it DNA, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> she kind of knew she was to care for the young. So she stayed home. She cared for the house. She taught the kids. She fed the meals. She cleaned the house. And the man left and went home. Went to work, excuse me. So there was a lot of delineation between the two sexes throughout all of history. Now a lot of women worked in the fields right alongside the men. But guess what? They had the babies right on their back. They'd give birth in the fields and go right back to work. And a lot of us grew up in times or a lot of those will come stereotypical type jobs, purposes, plans for us were sort of already written into our culture, written into our lives by our faith, our religions, what sex we were born at birth, a biological male or a biological female. Now what happened was over time a lot of this got all mixed up. But for me, I really didn't have any talks with my parents. I tried to sort of talk with my guidance counselor in high school, 
you take some kind of test, an aptitude test, and they sort of see what your interests are. We all played sports. We had PE. Uh, the girls had home ec. The boys had shop. I don't know why they didn't let the boys come in and learn how to sew and cook and let the girls do shop, but that's how it was set up in the 50s and 60s. So a lot of us that are older now, we come from that system in society. A lot of us were delineated by our culture of our nation. We were also put in our place by our family culture, our religious culture, the culture that ruled the nation, or uh, some of us tried to break out of it. Now, during times of great emergency in the nation, as in World War II, when all the young men of a certain age went over to Europe to die, pretty much, to help other people be free of Nazi Germany, what happened was the women went into the manufacturing plants. They had always been capable of doing it, but they'd never really been given the chance. Women were cooks, they sewed clothes, they managed a household and servants, they managed sickness and health. Most of the women did most of the planning for all kinds of things. They knew the rules and they followed them. Well, when I am coming up and growing up, <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of discussion for women, especially in the military family I grew up in. What it was, was the man was in the military and the wife was to support him. You could work, maybe, but most officer wives did not work. They were to be educated because they had to go to cocktail parties. They had to meet with Pentagon people, admirals and generals, and they had to go to all kinds of parties. They had to know how to dress. They had to know how to talk and socialize. And they would volunteer. My mother volunteered on the military base in the Child Development Center. Or they volunteered in the hospitals. But they were not to work, have a job in the community. <clears throat> and it was the man who was in the military. Nowadays, that's all changed. And women are quite welcomed in the military. A lot of rules have changed. So I must have had one of those. I was born in one of those times when I'm growing up, when change was beginning to occur. So I didn't have a lot of guidance. And I, as being a somebody wanting to help people, the only outlet that was available at that time was sort of social work, counseling, being a school teacher, uh, maybe working in a daycare. But I didn't feel like that. I always had this problem of hanging out with people that had issues. Didn't look like the rest of us. Uh, had physical disabilities. Had family problems. Whatever. So I knew I wanted to help people. Remember my story was I came from a family that was very toxic and dysfunctional. A lot of issues from parents brought into the family. So when I started this journey of helping people, I went off into, uh, my father was a psychologist, taught at Troy State University. He was also a teacher at the, uh, the Air Force's Allied Officer School at Maxwell Air Force Base. And he would teach all the Allied military people that would come over to help them to learn to be better teachers. So teaching was in my background. Military was in my background. Helping people to be free was in my background. I was very comfortable with planes and jets and uh, guards and guns and marching. And I knew very little outside the walls of the military base. Was never really in the community. Never knew much about sports and football and all of the parades and things because the military was a different life. You were government issue, which now at my stage, of what I'm doing. I'm a government issue of the kingdom of heaven. And I stay within those boundaries and I don't really fit in most of society. Like I never really fit outside the military base. But when needed, the military person and the family could go to 
fight for the freedom of all those outside the military base. We were highly trained, educated. We were world uh, conscious, globally conscious. We were always looking for to help people be free so they could determine and sort of be like America, have good elections, good people, good politicians, and they could have a free society. They could still believe, but that they weren't punished for what they did. So I grew up a little different and had that in my background. Now, I went off, as you know, and got my master's degree in mental health counseling. And then I took more courses so I could be nationally, clinically certified to be a mental health counselor. I was also uh, a part of the American Mental Health Counselors Association and sat on three committees and a member of the Florida Mental Health Counselors Association and was the District 1 representative. So I got very much involved in this helping profession to help people who were wanting, had gotten to school and had gotten licensed to help people. Then, as you know, the story in 1995, God asked me to put that down, not renew my license, not continue to try to be what he called or I called a Christian counselor that was a licensed mental health counselor and got paid by the insurance to do Christian counseling. That's not what he wanted for me. Now, I didn't know that at the time. So I put it down and I started learning, but I didn't know. And here's what I heard for six nights in a church revival. This was at Brownsville Assembly of God, beginning in the summer of 1995. The evangelist who's now gone on to heaven named Steve Hill would say every single night, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. I heard this nightly. God has a plan, a purpose for your life. That's all he would say. And he would say, then look, before he can really reveal it to you, get you in the right place to get you there, you had to come down to the altar and get some stuff that you were doing, thinking and believing in, that did not line up with the kingdom of heaven, and did not line up with the Word of God. You needed to get that out. Get deliverance if you needed it from spiritual things. Forgive some people. And turn your thinking and turn your behaviors around. And once you did that, then God would reveal to you what His plan was for you. What His purposes were for you. What His original intent for you to be but he wasn't going to do it in the shape I was in I spent five years six nights a week at the altar every time the Pat, uh, Steve would preach if it pricked me and I go that's me I did that I thought that way I believe that way. I've said that. I've done that. I went to the altar. Even if I was on the prayer team and on the deliverance team, God was doing a deep work in my soul. He was lining it up and my behaviors to be very, very sensitive to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit and very sensitive to quickly react if I did something. I'll just tell you a story that I just had to do. Uh, I was invited to be on a LinkedIn awareness group. And I am very familiar with some of these things. And the person who is the director, very sweet man, keeps trying to tell me to watch videos and do this, but I already know all that. And I said, and I am a type, I'm a fast person, I'm a mover, let's get this done. I'm not used to working in teams and going slow because you waste time. And I really knew that while you were wasting time and getting all this permission from all these people, Satan was going on and people were dying. It was just that simple. So I had gotten prideful about my knowledge 
and I had written some not very nice things to him, not cussing or anything, but there was an attitude. You could feel it. And I had to write him on LinkedIn and ask his forgiveness. For I was in a test, didn't catch it at first, but it didn't take me long. And when I caught it, I asked him to forgive me, and I told him I failed the test. Now, where did all of that come from? From those years I spent in the revival under this evangelist who said, come down here and get the sin out. I knew that when I would act that way, say that even message on LinkedIn, or send certain kind of emails, it would prevent the plan and the purpose from God from continuing to be revealed to me, for doors to be opened to me. I had to look at sometimes that God would be closing doors through things, opening doors, bringing me back to where I was supposed to be in his purpose. So, <clears throat> six years, night after night after night, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. There's a purpose. Why you were born? Why did you come out of the womb? And even for those babies who are aborted, there is a plan for that spirit inside of that physical dirt body. And that plan and all the people that it would reach and touch and do for the kingdom can't get done. It was killed and murdered right in the womb or as soon as it got out. So every death is a murder, a killing of purpose for that spirit. I had to learn that. I didn't know what it was. My only model I had at the time was, oh, you're supposed to go and be an ordained minister. And you're supposed to be a preacher, a youth pastor, a children's pastor, Christian counselor. You're supposed to be working in a church on staff or to have a big outreach ministry, travel the world, sell books, sell stuff, be on television, all kinds. That was the only models that I had. So I proceeded to become an Assembly of God minister. I got called. Man laid my hands on me. They recognized me that I had a call of God on my life. I did not go to a Bible study. I took all the stuff online because I was working, had a job. And I was very sensitive to whether I was called to this particular revival school or not. And I wasn't. But I could take the same courses with the same books, do the same test. So I did that all online. And I made it through the certification and was almost fully licensed. When some charges of sexual allegations popped up, from the world of Satanism and witchcraft. They were all false. And there were police reports made against me, which were all false, and I had to go deal with that. But the assemblies became very frightened, and they were concerned that my work and this sort of what they called it an obsession with Satanism and witchcraft and the occult, which is who I was called to, and all my studying to help them, I didn't fit in their box of being a senior pastor, an associate pastor, a women pastor, because in assemblies there could be women pastor. Didn't seem to be a prophet or an apostle or a children. So they just said, and I agreed with them 100% that I would never fit in their little box of purposes. So we split and we separated and I kind of went my own way. Because when I got dropped into this whole purpose and plans, I was dropped right into multi-generational Satanism, hardcore witchcraft and vampirism, uh, sacrifices and mind programming, the Illuminati, psychic healing, uh, psychics, all kinds of stuff I knew nothing about. And there were no classes on this in the master's school. There was nothing in psychology about this. There was nothing about the mind-controlled Illuminati format for monarch mind control. There was nothing about the Illuminati and world global 
order they're trying to produce. There was nothing about witches and spells and curses and blessings. And there was nothing in the mental health counselor, how do you deal with a person who'd been so severely abused all their life and now they are disassociative and they have a dark side part with many parts and a light side part. So as I, excuse me, my nose is itching. As I proceeded, all this evangelist Steve Hill kept saying was, God has a plan for your life. And he would say another thing that really made sense to me. He said, look, go get in your car. But if you just sit in your car, that plan goes nowhere. Turn your car on. But if you don't put it in drive and start driving down the street, God can't use you because you're not moving. And Steve was always in a hurry because he knew people were dying every single day because there's so many people don't believe in this Christ Jesus. They needed to get reconnected back to him. And they weren't because us Christians were sitting on the sidelines. We were in the car, but we didn't turn the engine on. Maybe out of fear or not sure what we were to do. Maybe or we put it in park and we put it in drive, but we ain't going. We're not stepping on the gas pedal. Maybe our car was out of gas. So he kept pushing us, telling us that there is a time and an opportunity for everything that comes into your life. And he was talking about this revival, how there was going to be a time span on it. And there was going to be an opportunity during this time to get moving, to get right with God, find out your plan and purpose, get in the car, turn the car on, and start moving. And then he said after so long, that time frame will just disappear. And if you did not start moving, then he couldn't use you. And he kept talking about how many people needed to be reached around the world. And so he told us stories all the time. And he told us that God was in a hurry. He was in a hurry to get his work done. He was in a hurry to love on people, to reach people he couldn't reach, and he needed us to do that. So I knew that. So I knew I had to do some things in order to find out for myself what my purposes were. Why was I created? Why was I brought into the family that I was brought into? Why did I grow up, excuse me, my nose again, grow up in a military family? Why did I have this desire to help people? Why was I called to work with multi-generational Satanists, witches, the psychics, the occult. What was I to do with them? Who was I to them? I had so many questions, but I kept following. If God says, I'm going to put a blessing on you, and they're going to come to you in the spirit. I think I talked about this on another video. And they want to talk to you. All I could say was, okay. I wasn't frightened. But I knew God was trying to reach their spirits. And in this witchcraft and the multi-generational Satanism and cults, their spirits were the most severely spiritually abused and darkened. I knew I was okay. I believed in this Christ Jesus and I would go to heaven if I died. But they couldn't even, their spirit, once I had remembered, and I had learned that the worship that this God wanted was in the spirit. From the spiritual being in every human, I recognized that these people in witchcraft, the occult, Satanism, vampirism, the goth, heavy metal music, their spirits were unable to do that. But I could. So he was trying, this was his work, to get into that world. The only way I could go, I learned, was spiritually. So he started unfolding my purposes. I discovered I was to be a shepherd 
a mother, not a director or a president of a nonprofit, which at one time, Jan, who was the other person, had. But I wasn't called to do that. Deborah was called to be a powerful warrior. And there's a great story about that and who I had to become through my transition. But the first thing is I had to learn, why am I here? Most humanity is asking that question about themselves. What am I supposed to do? Most people get a job and they just can't wait till they retire after 30 years. And they finally get to do what pleases them, what makes them happy. They just did a job to get money. I actually heard one lady, she was on television here lately, she talked about if she had not aborted her baby at 15, she would not have this job and this car and this life and this money and these clothes. So through child sacrifice, she was able to gain all of this goodness. She was very proud of it, but she was very angry at people that said what she did was wrong. Why did she have sex at 15? Was she abused, sexually assaulted? Was that normal for her? Why wasn't she on the birth control pill? There was plenty, she's not that old, so why wasn't she on that? She could have all the sex she wants to. Don't know. But she related that by killing this baby when she was pregnant at 15, she gained all these things over here. And that's a typical pattern. You kill something that's innocent, and you get something for yourself, your soul. So I had to learn to help those people. I had to see their darkness of their soul and their spirit. I was beginning to discover my purpose. Then he added another. I was to be a carrier and a bearer of his agape love, just like his son. And I was to extend that because a lot of these people in spiritual slavery they're afraid of this father in satanism they actually read the bible to them they dress up as priests and nuns and they present this abusive father and his word to them so they will never seek it now i had to be the connection back to them that would allow love to come into their spirits and their soul until they could get strong enough to turn their hearts and minds up to the Father. Now this was all done through the Word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of agape love. I became a carrier of God himself, agape love. And I was to love them no matter what they did to me. Well, they tried to, they poisoned me. They tried to run me over in cars, shoot me as I'm walking, try to kill me in my own house discredit me in society with bad reputations, false police reports, um, and lie about me to the church and the pastors and all, but I had to keep loving them. I had to keep holding and holding and holding. Under all the attacks, what was I doing? I was doing the Father's purpose. I was had joined in with him to do what he wanted to do. So what I learned was my plans, that God has a plan for my life, actually came that him and I together had a plan. And I was to join him in his purposes for humanity. And then on top of that, I started learning about more about myself so that I could fit into this partnership with this father's plans who had to become my plans so the reason i was born and brought in because he wanted it and he wanted to partner with me so that his plans and his purposes for himself and his kingdom could be done in partnership with me and we together could go and reach people. So I had to learn this. It was not a denominational purpose and plan. It was not a denominational 
structure of positions or being on staff or no staff. It was a partnership to work with the Holy Father through all of his gifts, through his word, through his son, through his Holy Spirit to reach the people that he wanted to reach. Then also part of my purpose, what my plan was with him is I had to learn about who this Christ was, who this son was, because the Bible tells us I'm to grow up into, mature and develop into that very image and likeness of Christ. And when I got there, then I and the Father could be in the plan he has set forth for himself to do on earth, and I would be with him. So my purposes would be to work with him, to understand him. And I had to study Christ Jesus in the four Gospels. I had to read the Old Testament. I had to see this working relationship. I had to see that in this purpose for my life, I had to be able to hear the voice of God immediately and without doubt. And I had to be sensitive to when I missed it. So I had to study who was this Christ? How was he in God and God in him? What was this image and likeness that I had to become? Everything was changing in me. My whole thoughts, concepts, ideas, identity. I was not just a church member. And to help me in this new plan, to fulfill my plan that God created me, birthed me anew, paid for on the cross, and I had to discover it, learn how to walk in it, is I had to learn how to become a king of the kingdom of heaven. Well, I didn't know much about that, but through Miles Monroe, the Bahamas Faith Ministry, he has now also gone to heaven, he helped me to understand king and kingdom. So when I got it, I actually went to the Brownsville Assembly of God Church, pulled my membership. Because what I realized when I signed the membership, I was stating by my signature that I agreed with what they said, and I actually disagreed with other denominations. So I actually had turned from loving my brothers and sisters and saying they were in error. I pulled it and said, I'm a kingdom person. I'm a king. I live in a kingdom. And I'm a part of a royal family. I'm not an earthly, denominational member. And then through Paul in Galatians, when he talks about that a child who was born again, as long as he thinks, believes, and acts in many different ways, and one of them was as long as you're still in divisions, you are just a child and you are still under teachers and tutors until you can grow up and stop doing that, believing in that, then you become an adult, a king. Then the Father can release you and you can be trusted with the business of the kingdom. So I knew denominations were divisions. They were man-made for many different reasons. I knew all the different religions were divisions. So I pulled out of that and I just became a kingdom of heaven person. And I was actually challenged about this at an outreach praise and worship service. A young pastor came up to me and said, where did I go to church? Where was I planted? I said, well, I go wherever the Holy Spirit leads me. I'm here tonight, but tomorrow I'll be over there or I could be somewhere else, depending on what my spiritual teacher wants me to learn and where he sends me because he's in charge of my spiritual education and my spiritual growth and the pastor got upset he says no where are you have your membership i said sir there's only one church 
and Christ is building it himself. And I have my membership card in it. I have a card that's blood red. I'm a member of that church of Christ. And when you get to heaven, sir, there is not going to be any denominations, different religions, different sects, nothing. So I said, I am starting to live from that concept now, that thinking and believing of a kingdom person. He says, no, you have to be registered like we do our cars. I said, sir, that's earthly carnal thinking. I am registered. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he got frustrated and left. So I ran into that in trying to fulfill my purposes, the plan that was for me. Now, I think everybody's plan is the same. Come out of darkness. Find this agape love. Become a new spiritual child and start learning. I got a great thing also about new wineskins and new wine. When you're still living out of your old soul, your old nature, and you're in, as Paul says in Galatians, and all this envy and strife and divisions and debate, okay, there's no peace in here. That's the soul. The spirit and the soul are not unified yet. And so what happens is I started seeing that I had to grow up, I had to think differently, I had to study the kingdom of heaven. I had to look at Christ, not Paul, not to anybody else. I had to read that Bible, many other books, over and over. I had to look up words in the dictionary. So in order for me to step into and understand and know discover the plan for my life which became a big thing okay it was one to get rebirthed again and then to come out of childhood learn new concepts renew my mind to that Christ mind how he thought and how he believed come into partnership with the Father, so the Father could be inside of me, and He am working through me, with me, we are a partnership together, to go about the Father's business. The, this is all about the Father, and what He wants done down here, and through His spiritual children. When I got released by the assemblies, I knew man was releasing me, and God said, now you're under me. I have no denominational organization over my head. I have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And if I mess up, I'm in deeper trouble. Because when you become directly under them, you must represent the kingdom properly. And you can, if you misrepresent it, and you get out of line, and you don't do it right, you're recalled. I'm an ambassador. And a lot of times the recall is, you don't speak for me. I don't move through you if you do prayer. We're disconnected. You'll be in heaven. But what happens is the ambassador, me, which I learned, I had to study ambassador. I am a representing of a kingdom, a government, a nation, the king and the government. I'm not to have my own opinion. I'm not to change and vary and be a part of passing laws that go against the kingdom. I had to learn many, many things. So ancient purpose is a mixture of things for each person as long as you're a child you'll see the father just one way when you grow up and you become a part of the working family a working royal 
where they, the king can entrust you down here in every way to say the right things, teach the right things, and do what he desires to be done for the kingdom. So he is seen. So he is lifted up. Not your denomination, not your story, not your books, not your interpretation, but him. So I had to study Christ. Christ is my example. I studied Paul a lot, and I saw Paul had problems with pride. Jesus did not. I saw that Paul had to get a thorn in his side because he was getting so much revelations. And Paul did a lot of talking earthly-wise about the church and women. And he, in his letters, he'd slip in and out of the flesh to the spirit. But God had to use him. But if you read it and you go slow, you'll see when the pride comes up, when carnal comes up, when he reestablishes uh, the earthly church, where he said women are not to teach and women can't do this. But Christ tells us that the spirit part of us is not a male or a female. And Christ never treated women that way. He never spoke about the church. He said, I'm building my church. Paul started building a Christian church that looked like the old Jewish church. So I had to study that. I had to compare it to Christ. Then I'd go back to the Old Testament and read all the times God spoke and what his plans were. He said, I want royal priests. I want you to be able to pray to me, come into the holy places, bring the sacrifice of blood to me on behalf of the other people, about all the Muslims and Buddhists and Islamic people, all the ethnostic, all of them. He said, and if you don't, that's what I want for you. I want you to be a carrier of my oracles, my word, my power. But your only image that came was Christ, not Paul. But some people have lifted Paul up and his, how he does it. So I had, to, I had to see that to know what my purposes were. So when I pray, I have to go, Father, so your word is done. So you feel, fulfill Isaiah 61 in their lives. So you are known. This is about you. Everything you did is about you, and it's for you, and it's to you. It's so they can find you. It's not about me. I'm here to help you, and you can work through me. There are times in my spirit when God will step forth, and you'll see it with Christ Jesus. There'll be times when Jesus would say, children. That was the Father himself speaking through Christ's spirit. Sometimes God wants to talk to people himself. We saw that on Mount Horeb when he wants to come down and meet the Israelites and all this fire and smoke so he couldn't come down that way anymore. But he wants to have a personal contact. He wants to look through our eyes, touch them with our hands. He's in us. So I had to learn how to be a spirit and a soul that if he wanted to do his work, speak, change the sermon, talk about something else. He wanted to actively touch a person through my hands, look through my eyes, speak to them with my voice. My spirit would allow him. We were one. We had to become one in spirit, one in purpose. My eyes had to become, this is my plan that he had for me that my eyes would become his eyes, my heart would be his heart, my mind would be as his mind, which he reflected all to me with Christ Jesus. Now, if you talk to many other religions, they're very well, or, well of Jesus. He was a teacher and a prophet and a man, but they, don't, they do not accept the fact that he was the son of the living God. Now, humanity throughout history believed the gods had children. We had a lot of them. They believed that gods came down here and had sex with us. There's a lot of movies. Hercules. A lot of women had children. So, in my discovery of my ancient purpose, my plan 
it took a lot of turns, roads, a lot of discovery, a lot of different topics. Just because you're now a child of God, now what? What does that mean? What does it mean to be one with Christ, one with the Father? What are you and the Father supposed to do? Is this about you? Is this about him and you? What is it about? A lot of people just say, oh, we're just the hands and feet of Christ. No. A spirit being, That's where does that come from? So we all get off. I was off. I had to learn. I had to read. I had to study. I had to read. I had to study. I had to think and meditate. And I had personal experiences. Made a lot of messes. And God was faithful, and my teacher was faithful. I got restricted from many things. I didn't like it. Couldn't even pick up the telephone at some times. Sometimes I couldn't go places. I couldn't say anything. Okay, why? Because I'm in this partnership now. My purpose is to come into partnership with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Learn what the Father wants to do. And be a part of His plan. And his purposes on earth with me tagging along. So I hope that helps you to understand the process I went through. I'm trying to get these up as quick as I can in between everything else. And I like to do it when the house is quiet, the heater's not on, the air conditioner's not on, nobody's in the house, no dogs are barking, nobody's cutting the grass outside. Go back over this, go slow, take notes. It's not just about loving Christ, going to church, paying tithes. You can do that, but it's more. It's more than just being an evangelist or a pastor, a children's pastor. It's more. Is it prayer? Yes. Is it being a royal priest unto him? Yes. Is it intercession? Yes. Is it moving in his gifts when he wants to move through? Yes. Is it sometimes you'll be cut off from the world just to pray? Yes. Is it times he says, come home, just stay at home and study? Is that part of it? Yes. He's in charge of fulfilling his plan and his purposes that he has for himself with you together as a team. So it takes a long time to go through many different topics and to do many different things. You'll learn through personal experience. Some of it you won't like. Some of them you'll feel like uh, you've backslidden and your friends don't call you, nobody misses you, and you just don't know what is going on. But it's more than just working a job, retiring after 30 years, and going and traveling the world. It's more than just having children or no children, taking care of animals or the planet. It's more than that. It is that, but it's more than that. So I hope you enjoy this section of the basic classes of what I, Pastor Deborah, went through and how I had to learn and develop, renew, get new wine in here, I had a new wineskin now, a new spirit, and he's pouring his wine in, which is new knowledge and light and truth and concepts and ideas. And it was all different than what the church world was telling me. It was deeper. So I was, but the old soul of us, the old creature, who's sort of stuck in religion stuck in denomination, still a child, it don't want the new stuff. It wants to go with the herd and the crowd. <coughs> Excuse me. Do what your grandmother did. Sit on the same pew you've been sitting on for 20 years. Give your money. Help support people. It doesn't want the new wine. It's satisfied with the old, unsparkly wine. So I had to have new wine, new truth. And I had to put it in this new wineskin, this new mindset, 
this new spirit with its new mind. And I had to force my soul to study and say, you ain't staying the same. You're not going to believe the same things you've been believing. You're in a discovery time. We're archaeologists. We're digging through dirt and mud, and we're uncovering the ancient original plan and purposes that God had for creating humanity from way before the world and the earth was ever created. He wanted children, he wanted a family, and he wanted them to be just like him. So in this journey, this discovery of my purpose and plan, I had to discover him. I had to study him. And I had to see him in Christ in the Word. That is how my journey from helping people the Lord's way began. And how slowly the mental health world became darker and distant. I immersed myself for years in this, still do. But once you get to a certain point, he will not waste the old learning. You'll be able to talk, but you won't fit in anywhere. I don't fit in anywhere. I don't fit into churches. I don't fit in religion. I don't feel fit in the world's way. Even though I'm around other believers who will be in heaven, I don't fit. I'm an oddity, but that's okay. Jesus was an oddity to his people in his hometown. It strangers seem to like him better. I have more success with witches and warlocks, and Satanists and Illuminati and world leaders, spiritually. So enjoy your journey, your discovery of ancient purpose and that God has a plan for you with him in the kingdom of heaven on earth. So don't be in a hurry to leave, to pack up your suitcases and leave you're not going to be in heaven forever. You're coming back to earth. Get used to it. There's going to be a new earth. You will be coming back down. That's another thing. What are you to do on earth? Now, in the future, got to study that. So enjoy this basic class. Ancient purpose. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah.